First Take, the least boring banking podcast, is an attempt to make banking unboring and tell you all the tips, tricks, and news you need to know regarding your banking life. Brought to you by two former news anchors who are just trying to make banking a little more personable, a little less boring. Roll it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to First Take, the least boring banking podcast. I'm Blake. And I'm Allison. It is good to have you with us once again. Podcast episode number 12. And for this particular episode, we did ask for audience participation. We sure did. That participation was sketchy at best. And what we were trying to do by, by doing that was we were trying to get a topic other than the one that we're actually going to talk about today. Because the... The podcast topic today is a, it's a touchy one. Because we had actually been brainstorming topic ideas, and this came up, and it was like, eh, maybe maybe we should just hold off on a minute on that, just because of, you know, it's kind of up in the air right now. Yes. Yeah. So, and I didn't I didn't really want to touch this one, but uh, so anyway, we asked for comments, and we got a good one. Yes. Well, well yeah, a good one. There were a couple. Uh, uh, Simeon. Um, who said, he's always good about comment stuff, very useful stuff, and it's kind of the field he's in, but he asked about this specific topic. So um, thanks for bringing us back to the table on that. Um, <laughs> Forcing our hand there, Simeon. Yeah. Um, we uh, did have Daryl ask a question about interest, uh, and I will refer you back to an original podcast we did on interest. Yes, correct. So that's a good question, Daryl. Uh, but you can actually go, there's a previous podcast. I can't tell you what episode number it is, but if you'll look through the list of podcasts, uh, you will be able to see where we actually did one on why we pay the interest that we do. So mm-hmm. do appreciate Should it help that, answer that question for you, Daryl? That question. Um, Ayanna McDaniel blew us a kiss. Thank you, Ayanna. And uh, Robert, you can just read that one for yourself. Much appreciated, buddy. That was nice. Real nice. I thought it was good. I don't remember that one. It was, uh, it was... I'm not even going to read it. Okay. But you can read it. It's on, it's on our Facebook page. If that page. doesn't get you to go to our Facebook page, I don't go, know what will. Go and look at our Facebook page and look at what Robert said. It's always appreciated. Um, yeah, it was nice. Appreciate the comment. So, um, Okay, so go back to what Simeon asked okay, us so to talk Simeon about. Simeon asked us to talk about, and you've probably heard about this, is the IRS reporting plan. Correct. And um, what we mean by that, and you've probably heard about this in the news, it would uh, it's a proposal by the U.S. Department of the Treasury to be uh, considered in committee as part of a budget reconciliation package uh, that would report inflows and outflows of a bank account. It would require the bank to report inflows and outflows of an account of at least $600 in a year if the market value is at least least $600. Now, we'll explain that a little bit more, uh, but basically uh, what people have been talking about is, is it will require the bank to disclose inflows and outflows of your accounts, mm-hmm. uh, transactions. Now, um, the way we're going to do this, and I want to be very clear about this, this is, you know, sometimes Allison and I will do these things. We'll give you our opinions, our own personal takes. We're not doing that here. Uh, we've gathered up a variety of sources, a variety of information, and researched it as best as we can uh, to give you the information that we have. We're going to tell you both sides of it. We're going to tell you those that are in favor of it, what they say, and those that are against it, what they say. Um, so, and we're going to quote people, we're going to quote other articles, and we're going to tell you what we know as a bank. As of the day that we are recording. Yes. Yeah. First National Bank does not have an opinion on this matter uh, as of yet. Now, it, it, because it is very early. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as this goes forward, that, that there may be a future podcast episode um, that maybe maybe our opinion on this right uh, but we don't we don't have that for now for it now is. it's just the facts yep 
Just the facts. Just the facts. Uh, so as of, uh, is it the tw- what's the date? The 20th? It is the first day of fall that we are recording this. And what is that date? The September 22nd. September. Autumnal equinox. September 22nd. Yes. So as of September 22nd, this is the latest on the IRS reporting plan Correct. proposal. Yes. So what is it? What is the IRS reporting plan proposal, Allison? So it's a proposal that that is focusing on higher earners who do not fully report their tax liabilities is what the U.S. Department of Treasury is what they are proposing this is for. Um, so under the measure, uh, as Blake said earlier, financial institutions are required to annually report gross inflows and outflows from all business and personal accounts, including bank, loan, and investment accounts. If those inflows and outflows of an account total at least $600 in a year, or if the fair market value is at least $600, that's whenever that would be reported. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of people, this is a very hot topic oh, yes. right now. Oh, yes. Um, you know, reading through this proposal, um, reading through some some articles, uh, PolitiFact articles uh, by Tom Kircher, uh, this is... Not like, oh, Allison went and spent $600 at Target, which is a possibility sometimes. Um, It's not individual transactions. It is gross inflows and outflows. Right. That's the way I understood it. And again, uh, just put this out there. We are doing this to the best of our understanding Mm -hmm. based off the research that we did. But yes, PolitiFact article by Tom Kircher. And we will say all of our sources will be available on uh, fnbank.net forward slash first take. You can read the articles we've Mm -hmm. read uh, if you feel like we've misinterpreted something or anything like that. But you're exactly right. From what we understand, no details of individual transactions would be reported. They're not trying to see necessarily where you spent your money. This is what they are stating. Right. Um, this is be from the the proposal from the U.S. Department of Treasury, um, and and uh, a different article from the American Banker uh, by Brendan Peterson said it would essentially add two numbers to a form that is already submitted, which is the 1099, which is the interest income. Right. Um, no transaction data and no detail on individual transactions. So that's actually two separate sources that state that. So and let's go into um, 1099s and what you know as a bank we do have to we do have to go ahead and report information on certain things. Um, so what, Blake, explain what, as a bank, we already do to ensure st- stuff like this is reported to the IRS. Right. So at this point, if you've ever made more than $10 in interest on a checking account, a CD, a uh, savings account, you would receive a 1099 in the mail from us. And you you would put that into your tax return, um, and it would be what they, what they call interest income. Uh, so we do report that to the IRS already. Um, if you come in and do a large cash transaction, we are required to do what's called a CTR, cash transaction report. Uh, and that is uh, really, it's the government's way of uh, tracking money laundering. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you've ever gone into a teller and they ask you a bunch of questions about a large cash deposit, they were required to do that by law. And then, of course, there's the 1098, which actually typically helps you. It's uh, used to report the mortgage interest, Mm -hmm. uh, which is reported. uh, Now, that one a lot of times saves you money on your return because you can get um, tax deductions for that one. So we do report income already, but up until this point, we've never been asked to report inflows and outflows or any transactional information, uh, even balances of uh, a bank account. Right. But, you know, I think a lot of people, their question could be, you know, can the IRS get my bank account information right now anyway? The short answer would be yes. 
Um, now, not with that illegal. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they can't just call us on the phone and say, hey, can we have Blake Gwynn? Hey, this is the IRS, please. Yeah, right. <laughs> there would need to be legal steps taken. So in that case, somebody had defrauded the government on their taxes. They mm-hmm. they had not been, they you know, there may be an audit uh, and the person will not provide them. There are ways for them to get that. It's rare. Uh, but the short answer is if they really wanted it, they could get it. Uh, but now they would have to do, go through a legal process, a summons, a subpoena from a court right. uh, to be able to get that from us. Um, Which would so give it's not them, really public. It, yeah, and at that point, they would be getting um, a lot more information than they would on just this inflow and outflow that this proposal says it will be reported. Yeah, right, because if you go through an audit... Um, and been fortunate to never do that. But you go through an audit, they look at everything. They look at everything. individual transactions. And, and, you know, the IRS can demand that at any time. Um, and that kind of leads us into some of the arguments for this proposal, that right there. Um, the Center for American Progress states that this proposal would require a tiny amount of, quote, non-invasive information on the front end to avoid a pointless but very invasive audit on the back end. Again, this is talking, you know, inflows and outflows that are being reported just so they can kind of see the money cycling and if something looks off, um, not specific data, not specific transactions and things like that versus them just kind of in the wind, you know, going and auditing a person for all of that information, which would be a significant amount of information. Right. And again, these are the arguments for. We're going to get into the arguments against here in a minute. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I would say in things like this, it's typically never as bad as you think it is, and it's not always as good as some people think it is. We will say that, so we're, we, we're going to quote here in the, the comments for this proposal, the Center for American Progress. Looking over their website, they seem to be a pretty heavy pusher of the Biden administration agenda, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a super PAC, something like that. Uh, so, again, I don't know ex- exactly who they are, but they are a supporter for this. They were used in the articles by uh, the American banker uh, and, and Brendan Peterson there. They also stated, this is the Center for American Progress, quote, There are people that are not paying a substantial amount of tax regularly every year for many years, and now with this reporting, it's going to be very difficult to avoid that. So those are the two kind of key pieces out of that American Banker article for the Center for American Progress. Right. And again, this was proposed by the Treasury Department. So obviously they have a, uh, an interest in this yes. getting passed. Um, and they have put it out there um, that this is their means of closing the tax gap by requiring a breakdown for physical cash transactions with the foreign account and transfer to and from another account with the same owner. So basically trying to avoid somebody opening up 50 bank accounts, moving money within those bank accounts to avoid any necessary reporting to the IRS, to the Treasury Department, et cetera. Right. And um, and again, if you uh, you actually look at the Center for American Progress on there, which again is kind of a, they seem to be pushing mm-hmm. uh, the Biden administration agenda there. So in full disclosure, this one is not a neutral article. I feel like the American Banker and the PolitiFact articles were. Correct. Uh, because the, they, we'll, we'll get into some of the against arguments yeah, that were also in that American Banker article. Yeah. So if you're going through this, be patient. Don't get upset that all these arguments are for, because we are going to get into right. uh, the rest to this and and again I thought they were very good wholesome articles by Brendan Peterson and Tom Kircher from American Banker and Politifact uh, but this is part according to the Center for American Progress of the American Families Plan and the Build Back Better agenda from President Biden uh, and and what the thought would be this will generate more tax revenue right um, 
to help pay for some of these things by by closing some of the loopholes um, and, and people kind of uh, harboring money in there. That's, again, one of the many arguments for. But there were several arguments against and a lot of people coming out uh, against this, including uh, some large banking associations, the American Banker Association, uh, and, and several of our, our state congressmen. Yeah, so we'll get into some of those um, against this proposal. Uh, so again, as of the day that we're recording on September 22nd, um, this was actually submitted to Congress on September 13th, specifically to Nancy Pelosi, Janet Yellen, Richard Neal, and Charles Redding. Um, and it was a letter um, from from a bunch of congressmen, including French Hill, Bruce Waterman and Steve Womack here in Arkansas, um, basically stating their concern over the proposal. And again, we'll we'll link this stuff. I mean, this is not just coming from those Arkansas congressmen. There are, uh, I mean, pages and pages of congressmen who have signed this letter uh, stating their concern over that proposal. Yeah, so in this letter, uh, I, I mean, we pulled out a couple of snippets. It's a long letter, and again, um, we will put all of these links to the things we've used at fnbank.net forward slash first take, and you can read this yourself. But here's some snippets from that. Uh, this is what it says, quote, We are concerned about a recent IRS data collection proposal to increase tax information reporting requirements on financial institutions, which we do not believe are necessary or helpful towards closing the, quote, tax gap. So they further go on to say not only would such an overly comprehensive IRS database require significant resources to build, maintain, and protect, but they also say that it would make the personal financial data of millions of Americans vulnerable to attack. That's some of their concerns that they've laid out in this letter, again, to uh, Nancy Pelosi, Janet Yellen, who's the secretary for the U.S. Department of Treasury, uh, Richard Neal, who's the chairman of the Ways and Means Committee, and Charles Reddick, who is the commissioner of the IRS. They also went on to say in this same letter, additionally, privacy is one of the primary reasons individuals choose not to open bank accounts. This overreaching proposal, if adopted, would further exacerbate banked, unbanked, or underbanked divides. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, I mentioned the American Bankers Association is against this. Uh, they say the proposal would create a significant burden on small businesses and community banks and add no discernible value to tax enforcement. It is far from clear that requiring banks to report on every single customer financial account with gross inflows and outflows above $600, creating a mountain of new data will lead to a better tax compliance. Again, that is from that political PolitiFact article from Tom Karcher. Uh, again, he did a very good job of covering this from both sides. So there's some of the fours and against. That seems to be the common theme. There are people who feel like, um, hey, this can help help create some people that are hiding money. And right. then there's people that are thinking, you know, this is an unnecessary burden. This is an invasion of privacy. It's going to wind up costing the banks a significant amount of money. It's going to wind up costing the IRS a lot more time and money. So there are, are strong arguments on both sides of this. And again, if you're looking for a First National Bank opinion, you're not going to find one here. Um, we are still looking into this, what this would do. We don't know much about it because, again, mm -hmm. it is still very early. Um, it is just a proposal that's been submitted. Um, and that's, I think the next question is, is what now? And Allison, there's a lot that goes into this thing ever becoming law. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the legislation still got a long way to go before it becomes law. Um, it has to make it through the committee as part of a larger package, that reconciliation package. And then it has to navigate through Congress and eventually get that presidential signature. And you think about all the laws. I mean, you could even talk about 
on a city level, on a county level, on a state level, what it has to go through and get so many signatures and approvals from, you know, both sides of the aisle, whenever you're talking Congress and you're talking, you know, the United States, it, it's got a long way to go. Yes. And there's going to be a lot of people pulling in both directions. And oftentimes these proposals, when they come out of committee or they end up on the floor, amendments are offered up. We all know about pork legislation that gets attached and can kill them. Uh, These proposals come out of committee unrecognizable if they even come out at all. Right. Uh, And this is just a piece of a larger piece of legislation. Right. So there's a lot of moving parts in that before this thing ever becomes law. So it's not like we're talking about tomorrow, all of a sudden there's going to be all this information. That's just not the case. Um, and, and we will continue to track this proposal and keep you updated as it moves along. And again, it, it's it's very early. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it is something we need to watch. It is something as a bank we are watching. Uh, but anybody that tells you that this is an absolute one way or the other, uh, it's it, it, that's incorrect information mm-hmm. at this point. We just simply don't know. Yeah, at this point of when we're recording, again, September 22nd, that's where it stands right now. So... Like Blake said, it could, you know, go into committee and get all kinds of changes made to it and come out significantly different from this. But that's where we're staying right now. And if this thing gets legs and starts walking, um, we will try to find somebody. I mean, we have some contacts we can use to maybe get some more in-depth insight on it and what this will look like. And, you know, if it's something that, um, you know, we are on your side as a bank. And so if it's something that we feel like is is going to hurt you, we will certainly um, attest to that. But at this point, it's very, very early. Um, and, and this is the information that we have based on our research. Right. The proposal as it's been submitted right now and those for and against and some of those arguments, some of those quotes for and against. So. Right. And, uh, you know, uh, we'd love to hear your feedback on this. Um, we, we do want to know your opinion. So you can head to that our, our Facebook page. Uh, and you can go to that post that we made uh, at this point. It was yesterday, which was on the 21st of September. Uh, you can comment on there. Uh, there was some good discussion ongoing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, Simeon submitted that original comment. It kind of got, got some quite discussion a few likes, going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and that that's good. You know, this is, uh, and guys, here's the thing. You know, uh, we, we can be kind to one another and differing opinions and still have a, a pretty good, you know, debate yeah. on these things. That's what makes this country wonderful is that, you know, something can be proposed and people not like it and that we can speak and yep. tell you about it and that eventually if we're one way or the other, we can say that too. Yep. It, you can do that. And again, Allison and I, we're not a news outlet. I mean, we, we work for First National Bank and um, we are watching this very closely. And uh, so if, if anything develops on it, we will tell you Yep. because we, we do truly have your back on these things. And uh, it's just too early at this point to get extremely worked up about it. Uh, we should care. We should watch it. We should monitor it. We should give our opinions on it. But it's too early to get really worked up about it. And that's that's the only opinion I'm going to give you. Yeah. I think it's too <laughs> early. Back to why we, at like yes. we mentioned at the beginning of the show, we looked into this. We considered doing a, an episode on it. Kind of backed away from it. Posted that question of, hey, what's everyone want to hear about? And then, and then Simeon brought it up. And it was like, all right, I guess we do touch on yeah. it. So you can, always, you can always count on him to uh, to bring us to the table on, yeah. on the good discussions. So we, we do appreciate that. We appreciate uh, those comments and, and your interest, too, in, in uh, what we do and 
the, I mean, because this is big stuff. It can be big stuff. So yep. um, we, we do appreciate that. So we've used a lot of sources here. Yes. Um, they are not our own. They were not our opinion. Um, they are not the opinion of First National Bank. They were articles that we felt like were very balanced from very good reporters, from very reliable sources, that you can actually view those sources at fnbank.net forward slash first take. Uh, and you can read all this stuff yourself, including the letter from the congressman, uh, which has a lot more in there than what we actually read. You can see who all signed that. Mm-hmm. Um, we will post all that there because, again, the credit for these do go to uh, these different articles that we pulled this from. Uh, and um, uh, moving on for just a minute because we do have a few minutes. We try to keep these things to about 30 minutes, and uh, we are at uh, 21 minutes. Hey, so there we go. I mean, I get to the full 30 this time. We'll cut you off short. But uh, you do want to wait for our next podcast. Yeah, I'm excited too, about this. Because it's a really good one. So there's this new act called the Safer and Fraud Prevention Act, Al. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's to help us report, track, and protect against uh, certain types of fraud, which is a big deal. It's abusive. This yes. fraud is abusive to at-risk populations, and we have a very good interview for that. Yeah, I cannot wait. We have actually been speaking with um, Arkansas Bank Commissioner Susanna Marshall, and she's going to be joining us and talking about what this means for um, elderly populations, disabled populations in Arkansas who are probably a little bit more susceptible to that type of fraud and scams, and what we now as a bank uh, can can do, can enforce a little bit more, and really help make sure that population stays safe and that they're fighting finances stay safe. Really, and you could tell when we uh, we had kind of just a preliminary phone call with Susanna. She was passionate about this. Um, she was excited to talk about this. And we're excited to talk about it too because um, the types of fraud that we're going to be discussing are abusive. Yeah. Any fraud is abusive, but particularly when we talk about elder abuse or, or taking advantage of a of a a portion of the population that cannot defend themselves on things mm-hmm. like this. We're very passionate about it. Yeah, you can actually go back. I th- believe it was our very first episode we talked about fraud. And you probably can hear some of that passion in there of just how how awful it is, the types of fraud, the types of scams that are out there, and how they, especially these vulnerable populations, the elderly, the disabled, how it attacks them. And so, again, really excited to talk to Susanna. I think it's going to be a great Great podcast. Can't wait to speak with her. Yep. So that's uh, coming up uh, in a couple of weeks. We'll have that one out for you. So stay tuned to our social media pages as well as wherever you listen to your podcast uh, to get that one because that that will be a good one. And we will, of course, continue to track all the developments on um, this IRS reporting plan proposal as a larger part of that reconciliation package uh, in Congress. So Deep subject, swimming pool uh, podcast. Yeah. Very deep subject. Uh, time to close the pool because it is the first day of fall. Oh. Oh, you see what I did there? I did see that. Well, hey, September 22nd is the first day of fall. Weather's beautiful outside. Um, how about you? Let's turn the page. Let's let's get off of politics for a little bit. Enjoy the nice, mild weather. Uh, hopefully it is wherever you're at. You may be listening to this in Arizona. Um, I don't know what the weather's like in Germany where we've had a few listeners. Yeah, I'm not sure. But enjoy it. Enjoy the day. Um, let's move on from uh, the seriousness of the topic. Let's be nice to one another. Um, and, and again, to, uh, tune back into our next podcast as well. Thanks for listening uh, uh, with Sue uh, Zana Marshall, the uh, Arkansas Bank Commissioner, uh, talking about the SAFER Act and fraud yep. prevention. Uh, so that's it. You got anything else? I think that's it. Whoop. First National Bank is member FDIC and equal housing lender. I'm Blake. I'm Allison. We'll see you. Bye. Bye.